Welcome to our podcast series, The Global Realities of Cybersecurity. I'm your host, Tim Cook, a partner at Headhunters Kafui Consultants. I work closely with PwC to develop partner talent and progress a Chief Information Security Officer development agenda. These are also known as CISOs or CISOs. Each episode of this series will be inviting along PwC experts to discuss what they do at PwC and what they are focusing on at the moment in the ever-changing world of cybersecurity. Today's conversation is centred around CISOs of the future, and I'm joined by Annie Hardiman, Amir and APAC CISO for PwC, and Lisa Gallagher, Managing Director, Cybersecurity. Hi, guys. Welcome. Annie. Hi, Tim. Annie, give us a quick introduction about your role. So as you mentioned, I am the MIA and APAC CISO for PwC. So in those roles, I oversee about 400 different people that looks at 75% of the world. What is so important about these roles is that we also make sure that we incorporate everything we do with the business. So we're looking at how are we business enablers? How can we really look at that global, regional, and local view? And how can we continue to meet with our clients and make security a differentiator? That sounds really interesting. Lisa, tell us a little bit about, about you and your role. Yes, yeah, so I'm a managing director in the U.S., uh, advisory cybersecurity and privacy practice. And my role is is 100% client-facing, so I'm responsible for business development, client relations, and overall project delivery um, with clients across multiple sectors. Um, also, in my role at PwC, I have twice served as an interim CISO for an organization who um, needed that kind of help. Um, and so having, you know, been on the other side of the table, as we say, um, gives me a little bit of understanding on um, the challenges that the organizations face. And that's really why we started as a, as a consulting practice to actually look at this role and how it's evolving. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because you can see both sides of the equation here, as you say. Why don't we start here, Lisa, with uh, with your view of um, how you've seen the role of the CISO evolve? I mean, both from the client side and also um, from consulting into the clients. Right. So um, having consulted into the clients, but also having been in that interim role, you know, in that role, I was brought in when... Um, when there was a need, so a CISO was exited or a CISO left, and there were some challenges in place. And so we have, as I said, started looking at not only what is the current role, but how is it evolving? What is the need um, that organizations have, and how does that affect the role? So first, you know, I think it's important to talk about what's going on in the organizations themselves. So as organizations start to look at and mature the way they approach cybersecurity, um, we see them looking at it more strategically. So they're seeking to build organizational resilience. They want to implement a shared security risk model across the business. And they, and they also want to measure the value provided by the security function itself. So then when you look at it that way, it's really the fact that those kinds of challenges retire require the role to have a more strategic focus than it has in the past. So you need more of a strategist than someone who's, you know, very technical, managing down, or a tactician. Um, so again, the, the move is more towards someone who's strategic and, and connecting with the business. There are a couple of areas where um, I think 
they're definitely required to become involved a little bit more. Um, so the focus is obviously changing from not only deploying technology, but also to manage outcomes and business impact. So to have an impact on the business in, in the value provided by the security function is often um, trying to be measured. Um, there are always new regulatory requirements. Privacy is an example. Um, drives how businesses focus on data, etc. They have cross-functional leadership responsibilities, so they have to be involved at the executive level in driving organizational change and change management, put in place formal risk governance, manage third-party risk, those kinds of things. And also, as the businesses are evolving um, their strategies and evolving how they do business, um, the CISO needs to be at the table as well. So, for example, digital transformation efforts, uh, managing quote unquote, in, internet of things risk. Um, and they need to provide leadership and vision and innovation as the organization makes those sort of, of business transitions. And they're, so they're very much more and more communicating with executives and the board of directors, and they really need to have strategic focus. Yeah, now that's, that's, that's good, because uh, what you're indicating is um, how more strategic and influential this role is rapidly becoming. Annie, in your job, here, how has it evolved in terms of where you focus now compared to where you focused when you started? Yeah, so if we look at the role within PwC, and I take a step back, PwC is a network of firms, which means that there are 150 different member firms that fall under the uh, PwC brand. We have taken that global approach and said we can't just be focused on the technical skills and on compliance, which was the key focus if you look at five to seven years ago, and it's what our clients were mandating. We need to be leaders. We need to make sure that we are in front of our clients in being able to protect their data. And that means that for us, it's really proactively working with the business. We have to look at it from a risk-based decision-making. It's no longer what is, what do we need from a compliance perspective or what do we need to do just to meet a legislation. It's what are those key risks, how do we address them, and what are those risks coming that we see coming in the future. The biggest thing is that it means that you have to constantly be leading a transformation. So if you look at that five to seven years ago, security was changing, but not at the pace that you see today. Yeah. So it means that you have to constantly manage that rate of change throughout the business, but also make sure that we're staying and really incorporating ourselves with the business to be part of the solutions of the future. Mm, very good. And d does that um, change the way you're measured? as a CISO. How's that evolved over time? And Lisa, I'd be interested in your view on this too, um, once, uh, once Annie's given us a, a sense. Um, absolutely. So I think let's take a step back and say, who's measuring us today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you looked at it before, we were really measured about the same things as IT, because we were within an IT organization, which means it's usually how much money you are spending and are, how many incidents are there. You look at it now, and we're measured by our board. We're measured by the leadership uh, from a global perspective and each member firm to say, are we able to stay ahead of the different client requirements? How are we meeting the regulations, and how are we mitigating that risk? 
So it's really from the risk perspective that they're looking at how are we able to effectively spend money and maintain our security level. And Lisa, are you seeing a similar thing with your clients? Most definitely. Um, As Annie said, it used to be, you know, how much money are we spending on technology? How much money are we spending on staff? How many, um, you know, vulnerabilities did we patch? Those kinds of things. And really now it's about overall impact on business risk. It's the value that the function is providing. It's um, being at the table during any sort of transformational activities and coming to the table with solutions that are innovative, being a leader and having an impact. Also in working with boards and executive management, you know, we work with our CISOs on on being able to communicate to them in a language that they understand. And the reason why that's important is because we need to enable those boards and those executives to more effectively manage business risk. So we have to have a language that we can both understand. And and the goal is to allow them to do their jobs in managing corporate business risk. Got it. Very interesting. I I want to test something on on you both because um, in my uh, years of assessing and recruiting um, CISOs, one of the things that's become apparent is there is a maturity level for different CISOs. And so if you take a maturity model that has five levels on it, with level one being bottom and level five being top, uh, and the difference between a level one and a level five is level one is buried in IT and uh, doesn't ever appear in front of the audit committee uh, and is quite technical in in outlook, whereas a level five as an, uh, is intimate with the chairman and the chief executive is involved in all key decision making in the company before other people know about it, big hirings, big firings, new IP, new products and services, and could act as a non-exec director uh, in other companies, for example, in the supply chain. So if you look at the um, range of of CISOs out there from level one basic to level five, very sophisticated, and by the way, I think the only level fives that there are in the market are probably in the U.S., um, what would you both? How would you both view um, that as a uh, as as a way of uh, enabling you to understand, if you like, the evolution of the CISOs that uh, that you've been working with uh, and are Annie? So I think to start with, it's the level one, level two is what you really saw the five to seven years ago, yeah. and in some immature markets, you still see that today, where they're still trying to catch up. What you have global businesses and many of our clients now demand is that level four onto the level five. So if you're at the level four plus today, it's how are you going to get to a level five? Because they have to look at their third party and fourth party risk today. And that's what they're measured against as well. So I think we still have a ways to go in getting most of the CISOs to that level five. As you said, right now, they're mainly in the U.S. and there's probably only a handful of them. But when you see the role continue to evolve, that's where you're going to see the majority of those CISOs, especially when they're in these global positions. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure sure you're right there. Lisa, what have you observed in in your market and sectors? So... Um, keeping in mind that I'm often brought in or come into a client when there's a challenge at the CISO level, right? Um, but I would say based on that, they're more in the two to three range. Um, and I think we also have to recognize that nationally in the U.S., the talent pool for CISOs is fairly shallow. So, right, we have a lot of people who have um, performed as CISOs, more and more organizations trying to hire CISOs, um, the good ones get hired 
and you know, recruited away. And so we often find that there are gaps at that level. They're trying to promote people up from being very technical to, into a CISO role. So there are a lot of challenges there. And a lot of times I come in and it's say maybe a two to three level. Um, that what I work with the uh, clients on is, listen, you have to try to find the right person. So you have to understand the market and you have to sort of either you're going to go find someone who's already at that skill level, that four or five level, or when you bring in a person, you're going to have to invest in them. Um, so provide um, mentorship, provide coaching, training, um you know, we did a recent survey of executives, and what one of the things that came out is only 24% of the executives say they provide any sort of support at the CISO level um, to help elevate them as an executive, right? So we know there's a, there's work that can be done there to, to help those CISOs mature, um, but really uh, it's a challenge at that level to find and keep the right person with the right skill set. Um, we have been taking a look at what the skill set should be, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a moment. But um, it's really taking that technical person who wants to manage down into the security function and really having them take more of a, a, um, an executive presence and viewpoint and participate at the executive level in, in managing overall business risk. Right. Thank you. And I'm going to ask a cheeky question here of uh, Annie. So if only 24% of um, companies support their CISOs to develop, what are PwC doing to support you developing in your role? So I would say that's where PwC is part of the other 76%, uh, where they are continually investing through mentorship. But then what PwC also does is it forces you to have that career conversation. So it's where do you want to be in the next three to five years and how can we give you the tools to be able to get you there, but how can we also give you the exposure that is needed so that you can become that level four plus or five CISO? Yeah. And I know that you personally believe a lot in in the whole training and development side. You've got a really big team. What do you do to try and bring on talent in your team here within PwC? So what I've really learned, especially when you're looking at the security market, and this is something that Lisa touched on, is that you're really only as good as your team. And you can have all of the tools that are there, but if you can't retain and grow your team, you're never going to be effective. So with us, it's really looking at how can we train them from the very beginning and continually give them opportunities to grow. When you're in the security market, you are constantly evolving and there are new challenges. So you're recruiting people that thrive for for or thrive when they're in that challenging environment yeah. and really look to continue to continually grow. What we also do is we provide the opportunity to go on secondment. So someone that is based in London can go to Australia for a couple of years and understand what is the difference from a security mandate and regulatory perspective there. So we're able to continually broaden their skills and grow them yeah. as well as growing our team as well. That's really good. Lisa, you've you've got a, a point um, around developing the skill sets, if you like, for the next generation of CISOs. What what what's coming out to you now in the marketplace? What are the key skills do you think we need in this new generation of evolving CISOs? Well, you know, we have taken a look at that, and and one point of information that drives us is that out of our survey, um, we found that there's a perception. Um, 50% of our 
executive respondents did not view the CISO to be part of the C-suite. And so we've got a role that has traditionally been, I think, as Annie mentioned, in the IT group, implementing technology, implementing tools, um, and being very technical. And because also maybe they work for the CIO, um, they're sort of one level down and they're not considered by everyone as part of the C-suite. That is evolving. So um, boards and executives more often want to hear directly from the CISO and it's pulling and elevating the role up. So given that and given some of the things that we talked about earlier, I think there's a set of experiences, skills, and even personal attributes that are really becoming required um, at the CISO role. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you really need to have a strategic focus um, and allow your team and the leaders of the security function to be the more technical um, people in the function and, and, and elevate up to a strategy level. So then strategic thinking, Um, leadership skills. I think the ability to make data-driven decisions and and help the organization take smart risks, right? Because you're helping them manage overall business risks. So, you know, we're constantly making risk-based decisions. And there are times when um, you want to completely mitigate risk. And there's times when you need to take smart risks, as I say. And and, and they need to be able to help the organization do that. I mentioned earlier executive level communication skills, so being able to establish a language with the board and executives that works. Um, building relationships across the business, so often uh, the security function is a centralized function, um, but you have to have a relationship with the leaders of each of the businesses as your job is to enable them to be compliant with all of the regulations and to follow all of the policies. So building those cross business um, relationships, Um, the ability to build a team um, and mentor and elevate talent, as Annie was talking about earlier. Um, In our survey, the executives, 84% of them said that the ability to educate and collaborate across the business is emerging as one of the foremost skills for the CISO. So um, that point really corroborated our thinking in that area. Yeah, and I'd completely agree with you that um, what becomes more and more important for um, CISOs, particularly as you go through the maturity curve is an ability to influence. And when they're starting in the roles, it might be just at the IT level. But by the time you're getting to levels threes and fours, they're influencing successfully at exco and board level, and then sometimes with external uh, boards as well. And developing good influencing and communication skills is really quite difficult. I was talking to a CISO uh, of a huge retailer um, here in the UK today, uh, and he was saying that he would rather hire for good communication skills than he would for good technical skills because he can always buy in technical skills if he needs them, but he'd rather have a team with great influencing and communication skills. Annie, what do you, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, so I think the one other thing that I would add, and it's linked to communication, is being able to have those hard conversations with stakeholders. So speaking truth to power, which can be very difficult with the board and with the C-suite, especially when they traditionally, in 50% of the cases, haven't considered the CISO to be part of that C-suite. But you have to be able to have those difficult conversations so that they aren't caught off guard if or when there is an actual incident. With that, it's also necessary to consistently demonstrate clear judgment and to know how to effectively escalate, but also have enough flexibility so that when the situation changes, you know how to clearly explain that to the executives in language that they understand, as Lisa was mentioning. So the key to all of this is really clear and effective communication because you can teach technical skills, you can buy them, or you can reach into your traditional IT organization and give them the career opportunity to continue to grow and to help support you as you elevate this function. Yeah. What about reassurance? Lisa, you've done a couple of um, CISO roles where, you know, you were brought in um, to help fix problems and move the organization forward. How important is reassurance, do you think, as a capability? Well, I I think it's very, very important, especially when there's a problem or a crisis. Um, And I think that communication skills definitely help with that. But but also, it's about being uh, clear, as as Annie said, speaking truth to power and being what I call a strong and convicted leader. So um, you you have to talk about reality. And have data-driven options in terms of what's next. Um, if you believe that the recommendations that you have are important, you have to stay behind them. Uh, don't abandon plans just because someone doesn't understand it or there isn't currently funding, but really um, focus on solving the problem in, the, in terms of the best risk-based approach. Um, so reassurance is brought about by a number of things, and including um, the strength and conviction of your leadership, the and and credibility and and the trust that you build within the organization. Got it. Okay, let's um let's bring this uh, session to a conclusion by looking ahead, um, and particularly focusing on the future and uh, how we all see the the role of the CISO evolving. Further, Annie, what do you think? What's how do you see your role evolving going forward? Yeah, so right now we really talked about security transformations and the change. As we look at it going forward, it's not just looking at security transformations, but it's really how do you lead all transformation and change throughout an organization. Security is tied to everything that we do. So at PwC, if you think about security, it's a core part of an audit of any deal or M&A transaction. It's also in your traditional human capital, security and technology engagements. Absolutely. But it's the backbone of our business. So it's security actually being incorporated in each of those decision-making instead of being siloed or purely seen from a risk perspective. Okay. Lisa? So so for me, in, in taking a look at going forward and the skills and personal attributes of the future CISO, I've, I've sort of categorized it into four areas. Um, the first of all, as I mentioned earlier, um, you, you need to be a strong and convicted leader. And, and that really means being an influencer across the organization. 
building relationships, building trust and credibility so that um, when you're at the table um, with transformational activities or innovation, um, you've got some influence on the process. Being an educator, so um, ab the ability to develop, recruit, and retain talent, um, team building and focus, looking at future leadership, having a um, succession plan in place, avoiding over-focus on technology yourself and really uh, focusing on that communication education across the business. I, I mentioned earlier having an analytical approach, so making data-driven decisions and taking smart risks. And finally, I think when you get to the four or five level, you need to be a visionary and, a, and an innovator. So have a long view, innovate. So as the company's infrastructure evolves or they're taking on tr digital transformation projects, the threat landscape and attack surface is going to change. So what, what are the um, solutions that are innovative and that follow the evolution of the company's business strategy and be at the table to provide um, those innovative solutions going forward? And that's a tall order, right? It's a completely different job than at the one or two level. Um, but I really think that that's how the security function and the CISO can most add value uh, to the business. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right there. I think that um, what we see is um, CISOs maturing to become CSOs in some places, so the chief security officer. Um, there's probably a growth path that's more towards risk, um, so potentially um, evolving into the uh, risk function uh, itself at some point. Um, and uh, as you point out, I mean, the, the very best CISOs um, have absolutely all the capabilities needed to become excellent non-executive directors in other organizations and strategic advisors um, in their sectors. Thanks again for joining us today. It's been really great having you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast series so you don't miss out on our future episodes. If you have any questions about what PwC do within cybersecurity, please reach out to our guests.